You are listening to Pod Academy. Welcome to the first in a series of faith podcasts about new music. Number one. Not two. Hello, hello, you're hello, listening, hello, you're listening, you're listening to a podcast, podcast about music and its relationship with, amongst other things. Oh dear. I just crashed the pips. In the world of radio, crashing the pips, that is, talking over the six sine tone beeps that mark the hour on BBC Radio, is a serious faux pas. So, please let me start again. Hello, you're listening to Nocturne, a podcast about music and its relationship with the night. My name is Arthur Keegan-Boll and I'm a composer. The music you're hearing is a piece I finished at the start of this year. It's called Nocturne, and Nocturne is what this podcast is about. In it, you'll hear about the music's materials and meanings, especially the role of radio extracts in the sound world of the music, which includes the BBC Pips and everyone's favourite sedative, the shipping forecast. The piece was written and premiered in America, so we will also discover how a non-UK audience without knowledge of these niche British sounds might understand this music. Let's start by thinking about what a nocturne is. This is musicologist David Fay. As you can probably tell from the word's relationship with the English adjective nocturnal, a nocturne is a piece of music suggestive of the night. Although the Italian form of the word notturno had been used frequently in the 18th century as a name for pieces designed to be performed at night, It was Irishman John Field who first coined the French word nocturne to describe a particular musical genre in a set of piano pieces published in 1815. Thereafter, the nocturne became a popular genre of composition for romantic pianist composers, most famously Frédéric Chopin, whose 21 nocturnes remain the pinnacle of the genre. Fields' nocturnes, and many of those composed by others subsequently, are lyrical in nature, with the pianist's right hand playing a graceful, singing melody over broken chords in the left. The relationship with the night in these piano nocturnes is usually in their evocation of a tranquil atmosphere, which can be associated with the nocturnal ambience of a calm, still night, presumably in the countryside. However, despite the quietly lyrical, pianistic connotations of the word nocturne, it has been used as a title for pieces written for other instruments and ensembles, particularly from the 20th century onwards. Some of these explore other aspects of the nocturnal environment, whether the natural sounds we hear at night, or the world of dreams, or perhaps nightmares, to which we succumb nightly. I hope my piece simply has the sound of a nocturne, unspecifically yet unequivocally conjuring nighttime. However, we all like a story to guide us, and a narrative of some kind helps the composing process a great deal. So, let me ask you have you ever fallen asleep to the sound of the shipping forecast? Between 12.40 and 1am, a magical series of sounds are broadcast on BBC Radio 4. This is closed down. Lone sound fits from 
A tune called Sailing By kicks it off. This is what's known in the trade as an identifier, so those trying to tune in can easily find the station. It is also a buffer, filling time so that the shipping forecast, which follows, starts exactly at the scheduled time. I've always wondered why they use Ronald Binge's light orchestral tune. Would it not be clearer to continually repeat the name of the station? Perhaps, but that is certainly not good radio. So, to an extent at least, it's an aesthetic choice. For a long time, I struggled to sleep. From time to time, I still do, but I can always count on this bit of radio to help me drift. It is about drifting, between one state and another, all sorts of strange in-between landscapes and seascapes. This is the narrative behind the first half of this music. It's a strange lullaby, drifting between the real and the unconscious lingering in a penumbral state. Folk singer Lisa Knapp has recently produced a brilliant radio documentary about artistic responses to the shipping forecast. So I needn't explore that aspect of this music any further. What has less attention than the shipping forecast is the poor old pips, those six beeps that mark the hour. A perfunctory acoustic signal I love the pips. Have a listen. They're great, aren't they? I've always heard a latent activity sitting between the pips. A restlessness as they try to break out of their crucial chronological confines. Can you hear it? No? What about now? Aha, there you go. Now you're getting it. Many of the British listeners to both the piece and this podcast will, hopefully, share a familiarity with the sounds I draw on in the tape part of Nocturne. A familiarity gained through experiencing the pips and the shipping forecast frequently over the airwaves of BBC Radio. But what about those who haven't had this pleasure? What about those through indifference, inaccessibility or pure radiophobia have no knowledge of the sonic signals that sculpt the dreamy narrative of Nocturne. The residents of Rochester, New York State for example, where this piece was written and received its premiere. What did the pips and the ships mean to them? Here's David Fagan, whose research into semiotics tackles the tricky tangle that is musical meaning. Meanings are generated in listeners' minds as they perceive and interpret signs whilst experiencing music, which trigger related thoughts and feelings drawn from the listener's memory. 
The resulting mental web of what I call meaning relations, the signs, thoughts and feelings that are brought into contact with one another whilst listening, draws on the listener's relevant previous experiences. These are integrated with the signs that are being experienced in the musical situation and a mental concept of the piece's meaning is built up in the listener's mind. Meanings stem from the combination of a wealth of different signs from many different media, whether music, words, sights or smells. So, whilst an American audience wouldn't have previous experience of the shipping forecast upon which to draw in their construction of meaning, they would be reminded of radio in general, by the specific grain of sound and the nature of the extracts of spoken material. Moreover, oh, in this particular case, back. ideas of Britishness would be integrated into their webs of meaning as they recognise the presenter's BBC accents. And even though they lack the knowledge of the specific nocturnal signifiers that insomniac British listeners might bring to their understanding of the piece, the title, at least, would direct American listeners towards a nocturnal interpretation of the music. Clearly, the meaning of the piece will differ between those who have previous experience of the material referenced in the tape part and those who don't. However, a core of meanings would probably be shared between listeners either side of the pond, given their shared experience of the English language, the medium of radio, and also, of course, a common cultural understanding of the Western harmonic tradition that Nocturne exploits to generate its hazy, happy sense of tucked-up tranquility. OK. We're winding down now. Sleep should soon be upon us. We've thought long and hard about it, so let's take a moment to just listen. For a short while, at least.
This is the end of this nocturne about nocturne and nocturnes. To hear the music in full, go to arthurkeganbowl.com. My thanks goes to Tom Teresi, the guitarist you've been hearing, David Fay, Pod Academy, and to you for listening. Good night. Thank you.